Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It's rare to get a guest that I know somewhat intimately in a very non-sexual way, but also <laughs> Wait, don't... what, is that the rare part? Or It's very rare that I don't <laughs> sleep with all the guests. But you, you guys with me is Bobcat Goldthwait, and you know that because you've written lovely questions for him. And some people don't know this. You directed my Netflix yes, special, I did. Confirm Kills. Yes. And then we never spoke again after that. <laughs> Like, it, like we went, Peshaw, uh, harumph. Harumph. No, no, that is true. But it's it's the nature of our business. It's, yes. It wasn't a bad experience by any stretch of imagination. See, you hear that? Oh, you haters. It wasn't bad. <laughs> but I, we did that, and then you went off and you did Misfits and Monsters, and you did all this stuff, and I always, like, I think I've texted you a couple times, and you always write back, but I always, like, we exist in such different circles, but have, like, they have overlap, and... I always felt cool being like, well, he directed my smile. Oh, that's so. really sweet. Thanks, yeah. man. So we have that connection. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It Thank was you. also uh, uh, insane, your relationship with the audience, you know? Oh. They love you. They it was really you. cool. It was really and your cool. audience loves you. Um, Both of them. They, all three of these <laughs> oh, women. Yeah. They, <laughs> also, fun thing to note, and then we'll talk about you. At the beginning of Confirmed Kills, Blanche comes running out. Uh, in this beautiful red dress that your daughter made. Yeah, and it's like, how long is it? It's about it's, 70 feet long. It's a train. The train is like <laughs> it's 70 feet long. It's really And his awesome. daughter handcrafted yeah, this garment. Yeah, she's a, a, a costume designer. Dog she, costume she, designer. She's, yeah, well, <laughs> she does a lot of uh, a costuming on all different shows and things. Yeah, she works all the time. I'm, it, I'm very proud of her. Uh, my intro to you as... <laughs> Not so much a comic, because you've been around for a while, was when you were the voice of the floppy rabbit. I was the voice of the dirty rabbit. On, which people would go, uh, hey, you're the voice of that that bear, talking bear. It and was a rabbit. I know, but it's like saying, no, that's a that's a blue dildo in my butt, not a pink, like, like, well, like making the difference. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right, okay. But that was my big intro, and you've got some real fans on here, so we're going to... We're going to kick it off with one because I love this show. Jackie underscore Bats asked, what was it like working on Tales from the Crypt? Oh, that was cool. Any interesting stories to talk? I worked on that with uh, Richard Donner. He directed Scrooge, and then he directed the episode that I did. Don Rickles was the uh, other person in it. But uh, I remember a lot about that. But I remember Richard Donner saying to me, 
hey, kid, you want to learn how to direct? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, come to my trailer. And I was like, ah, oh, he's going to really lay some heavy stuff on me. And um, he threw a pillow, and he says, take a lot of naps. And I was like, really? And they, like starting now, I'm going to watch you? Asleep. Yeah. And oh, my I, God. And I did, too. It was just, And I just ran into him not long ago, and I told him that story. He goes, it's true. And I'm like, I've never been on anything that I could nap or, or even, uh, you know, I always find out I have a trailer after we wrap. <laughs> Uh, it happens a lot. Like I go, yeah. I, I had a room. Like I didn't even know it because you never get to s- sit down or, or certainly lay down. But that, and then Don Rickles, who was really sweet. I really loved working with him. That's he, so cool. And he would be like calling me a dummy and everything. Yeah. And, and then, <laughs> which, which, um, which I just worked with RuPaul on a thing. Oh my gosh. And 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 uh, and I'm just like tiny. And and then yeah. Ru. Uh, by the way, a big Rue fan too. Huge Rue fan. So, so you want Rue to love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one time, I was being, I got read by Rue, and instead of like going, "Oh, I, I want to die now," I'm yeah. like going, "Wow, what an I'm honor!" I'm being read by yeah. Rue. This is so awesome. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I mean, I'm a huge Drag Race fan and fan of him as oh, an he's entity. A, yeah, he's he, he a uh, incredible person. But it's really funny too because I think like I saw a little bit of of it opened up because he's very nice to everybody. Yeah, but there's something about you just want Rue to love you. Everybody wants Rue to love them because he all preaches everybody say love and all but that he, stuff. But he, he but he's also and you know. You want that approval, for sure. Hard. And then one day I said, just, you know, say that line again, just a little less Alaska. Oh, my God. And then I saw him go, mm, like like he realized. I I could tell that. He was like, oh, he really is a fan, not somebody who said that to get the job. Well, you also made it clear that, yeah, yeah, exactly. You were a fan. And then people don't understand also, like, Mr. Warmth, like Don Rickles, those roasts and stuff, like, that comes from love when you roast someone. And I think that's what's missing, like, when they do the roast nowadays. It's like— No, there's not that. that. It's a random person just calling you a whore. <laughs> Some and stranger like, oh, cool. you don't know, yeah. But getting roasted by a good friend or if my husband makes fun of me, like, I die right. laughing. Because you know right. they don't hate you. <laughs> exactly. It's and, uh, and and people who love me uh, can say horrible things. Sure. And, and I like it. Because you're very—you're dark and twisted. <laughs> and so you I like guess. the abuse. I don't think I am, but I, 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 I guess I am. I mean, but, I don't find you that way. No, but I think if you look at the the canon of my work, it's it's always... weird. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so lovable. Oh well, and so delightful and very and a sweet man. Speaking of your canon of work, Vinny underscore ribs, and this one is near and dear to me. Any word on a Windy City Heat sequel? Oh. Also, I know there's countless hours of extra film footage that you guys had. Do you think I'll ever see that? Yeah. Windy City Heat is, is there's like uh, the first cut of it, the first assemblage of it was four and a half hours long. So there's a lot of wow. footage. Yeah. Now, for non-comedy fans. Yeah. You can watch it it's on YouTube. And Explain exactly what it is to people. Windy City Heat. I is, thought it was just a tape that was going around the comedy store. It kind of, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the birth of it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, uh, Mole and Don were... Uh, exasperating and doing elaborate pranks on this guy, Perry Caravello. And then we made a movie that he starred in that didn't exist, basically. You were just tricking this guy, this poor, like, delusional well, comic. But, That's what it was. But we you all have to it see it because— It's mean girls, but with old dudes. It's like middle-aged dudes. <laughs> it's mean old dudes. <laughs> it is. Mean this, old dudes gone wild. This guy thinks this movie's about him, but the whole movie— 
is a prank on him. Right. So, so it's pretty horrific, but it amazing. Is. And it, yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't show my uh, girlfriend it until what you were capable of. <laughs> yeah, I didn't show it until we were going out for like eight months, and then I just finally go okay because I didn't want her to watch it and think I well, was it's a also huge asshole. A weird movie in the context, specifically the comedy store and like those guys, mm-hmm. and that's. As a comic, when I first started there, I was like, oh, I'm part of something. Now I've seen this. Now I know. Oh, really? It's like seeing Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Yeah. You know, like. It's uh, it's fan base is very, very strong. Yeah. People are really addicted to that. So I am the director, but I play the director in the movie, too. Self-referential. Very meta. It was very strange. It, I really, it was like when we were filming it, there was so many cameras and you just kind of, your brain just like. The still photographer. Oh, Perry, this is Ansel Adams. You know, oh, hello, Mr. Adams. Right. You know, so, and then, and then a PA comes up and says, "I studied your photos in college." And, like, oh, and yeah. you're like, "Yeah." So it was insane. I gotta rewatch it. This question, I didn't understand all the references, but you know, I have people on here that have different kinds of fans, and I want you guys to get your questions answered. I'm busy, and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around, and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late, and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals, because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm I always have time to get a nutritious, great-tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general, and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala, and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe 
for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Scar... Gosen. Bob says, Scar Gosen, Bobcat, I have really loved watching your career from tab guzzling on stage to egg to director. Do you have a favorite stage of your journey or are you just happy with the path? BTW, One Crazy Summer has a very special place in my heart. The boat was in Sesuit Harbor. Is that how you say it? Sesuit Harbor for a long time. We missed it when it was moved. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, One Crazy Summer was a movie that I made uh, in the 80s with John Cusack, Demi wow. Moore, and yeah, I was, uh, uh, I have a soft spot for that movie because we were all in our early 20s and we were all getting per diem, and so I did a, uh, and the, the and historically, if I don't have a lot to do, it's not always good for production because I spent a lot of time, like, I, I, I'm okay. a big indoor. I'm a big indoor BB gun enthusiast, and also uh, okay indoor model <laughs> rocketry. So indoor BB gun, <laughs> such a specific lane. Okay, well, which well, indoor BB gun enthusiast. <laughs> it's just uh, I'm a really good shot. Like I had gone through a a breakup, and I had a Christmas tree, and I'm like going, you know, I could either take all the decorations down, which is going to, you know, because I didn't have any attachment. It was a right. tree that I bought. so Or you could shoot them I could down. go get a BB gun. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I shot the, the tree down. And that was, but, uh, yeah. Someone's got to clean this up. Well, no, I just swept it. It was pretty easy. Okay. And then, and then, uh, uh, and then put the tree in the fireplace, which wasn't a good idea because I lived in an apartment. And oh, my it, God. Yeah. I guess I've done a lot of things that probably – Maybe I shouldn't have. I just love the the coupling of, like, I went through a breakup. I'm a really good shot. (laughs) (laughs) Where did that go? Uh, So, um, so during, yeah, that's nice. Do I have any particular stage? There's different things, you know, because my stand-up was always changing, you know. Initially, I I really loved Andy Kaufman and people like that. So Mm -hmm. my stand-up was making fun of stand-up. So I would just go on stage with this persona and, and cry reading a Dear John letter, you know, <laughs> it'd be like, my wife is so fat, you know, how fat is she? It's like, I told you, I don't even have a girlfriend, you know, and I'd be <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> and that would be the whole set. Right, you know? which is, you would never do now. No, because my friend Tom Kenny pointed out that early on, people didn't know who I was, so mm. I could challenge them by what I did on stage. They had and no preconceived notion of exactly. you. Exactly. So yeah. once they did that, he, he said that made sense that I started making movies because then I I could challenge them again. So 
so usually most of the movies that I write and direct, there's always something about, it's like a hole that I have to get out of. There's, I did a, mm-hmm. the first movie I had at Sundance is this really small movie that we shot for 20 grand with a crew from Craigslist. Oh my God, that's amazing. And, and uh, it got into Sundance. And that movie was a rom-com, but with a tiny bit of bestiality. So I was <laughs> trying to, but it's really a movie about unconditional love. So I'm making a movie. Is the condition that you be an animal? <laughs> yeah. There's got to be one condition. You have to be a schnauzer. So, um, <laughs> but the, the, so the challenge there was, can I make a movie like this and still empathize with these people by the end of the movie? So mm. usually when I'm making a movie, it's it's on the it, it, the character. It always starts with like, are you still engaged with this? Do you care about these characters? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like in World's Greatest Dad, you know, it was like uh, it was really the beginning. You know, <laughs> it was were you gonna care about these people when the kid was so horrible. I don't know if you saw that right. movie, but... Yeah, well, that's the thing. Even if you hate the person, like, do you care? Like, yeah. I watched the Ted Bundy documentary, I'm like, I care <laughs> to see what... I mean, I know what happens, but... No, 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 but it's... Do it's you care? Empathy, and then at the end, hopefully, uh, they all have something to say, even if other people don't find it. <laughs> yeah, it's such a knife in the heart. You know, so like, I don't care what happens to these characters. <laughs> and, like, it's they're living, breathing on the page. and Or when you're watching, you're like, I don't care if they get together. Yeah. I don't care about these yeah. people. That's, uh, That's the challenge. And uh, so each time I make a movie, I try to see if I can uh, dig myself out of a hole. I like that. And, and I usually like to smash up genres so they're, like, like uh, to, to, you know, while I'm making stuff. Like, you're a... Uh, you're, Misfits and Monsters. Yeah, that was all. That was a mashup. That was all. Yeah, like so it'd be the first one was uh, it was about uh, Seth Green playing a character who's the voice for a famous cartoon bear named Bubba the Bear. And then Bubba the Bear shows up and uh, he's alive, obviously, but he's animated in the episode. He just shows up. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. why why you gotta make me stutter? That's something funny for kids to laugh at. I'll I'll send you to hell. You know, and it, and it's like, so that one's like Cape Fear and Roger Rabbit. Sure. Who and, wouldn't think to put those two together? But I, when I made it, I really thought, like I mentioned my friend Tom Kenny, he's the voice of SpongeBob and he's done it, but I've known him since I was six years old. Yeah. And Whoa. I thought I was doing his story in a way, but then I, I, real, I didn't realize it. it was my daughter. She goes, this is about you, dummy. It's it's <laughs> isn't all art. But she was like going, it's a guy whose character that he created trying to kill him. You don't right. get that. That's you, dad. I was like, oh, it really oh. is. But Tom Kenny and I met in first grade Catholic school, crying nun dragging me into his Why was she crying? Because I made her cry. And oh. so I'm this little fat kid and I'm sobbing, too, because she's saying I can't be in the classroom anymore. She's right. going to put me in the other classroom. I was so upset. And he thought it was really cool that I could make a grown nun cry. And he introduced himself at lunch. I remember meeting him and everything. And I and I love how whacked my ego was. When I met him, I'm like, oh, man, I got to be this guy's friend. This oh, guy's a loser. This better, I bet this will never pay off. <laughs> no, I was like, this guy's a, he's such a dork. <laughs> like, and I was like, thought I was helping him. Oh. My ego was so, there's no reason I should have had As this. As a six-year-old. The self-esteem of this little, you know, I looked like Bobby Hill, and I was like. Oh, my God. I but I just that. thought, like, Tommy and I just, we just remembered they were doing dodgeball in our gym, and 
the last three people were I won't mention her name, but it was myself, Tom Kenny, and this this girl who was say Miss, the name. No, I won't. She's dead. Just no, say the no. Name. But she was she's she had two claws for her hands. Oh, she's and so we're the last. We're gonna three, know who it is now. We're, we're the last three people to get picked in dodgeball, <laughs> and and they picked Tommy and me, me last. They picked her, and Tom's like, "That's the day I knew I'd be bad at sports." And I was like, "Oh, I was like thinking, oh, this is really nice. They know we can." handle it so they're being nice oh wow what a great way to look at the world like it's so crazy you know a lot of people on this podcast write in question a lot of people about self-esteem and Mm -hmm. how do you get this and how do you get and hearing that story makes me feel better because i've always regardless of circumstance or uh truth to the contrary i've always had high self-esteem like this but for me it's coupled with yes i can do this we can do anything and then the self-loathing that maybe you don't have it, but the coupling of that, oh. those two. So, so yeah. But at the end of the day, like you're thinking, oh yes, I am pretty good. Of course, they're gonna. This is okay. Oh, it was versus like, oh, I'm such a loser. Yeah, everyone's gonna. It was always like that. Like always. Like, I, I think people. It's hard to learn sometimes. Like you kind of so are imbued weird. with it. I think somebody clapped way too much when I finally pooped in the toilet. <laughs> Maybe you had a Jewish grandma. Like, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Look what you made me. Look what you made me. <laughs> me. It's on the refrigerator. <laughs> The magnet. Glenn ran so far away. Back in the mid-90s, Bob, Cat, you were on an Australian quiz show, mm-hmm. Sale of the Century, and things got, well, weird. So much so that the host apologized mid-show. I'd love to know what was going on there. <laughs> I, I, uh... Yeah, I I caused way more trouble in Australia than I did in the United States. I was just on this tour and I was in a really bad mood. And I, I remember I don't remember. I just not that I was drunk or anything. I just remember not playing the game and you know pushing the buzzer with my ass. But I I, I leaned over to the woman that I was playing against and I said, "Hey, uh, uh, you know, if you want to win, I can I can lose right now." Oh my god! So so, so when they weren't looking at us because I was watching the monitor when the camera was on I would hit her buzzer and they would go Sophie <laughs> and she goes he keeps hitting it's my buzzer me. and I'm like going look if you're going to lose just lose man don't, oh, wow. don't drag me into it I got a BB gun we can make this <laughs> pop off yeah. but yeah on that show and then there was a whole other bunch of shows that, that I destroyed a few sets and and, uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is what is this behavior? But it was back then. It was, it was that ego out of control. Like, hey, I can go on talk shows and I can do well. Well, especially a foreign talk show. There's something freeing about that. There's that, but 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 then I came back home and I I you know set the Tonight Show on fire and smashed up the Arsenio Hall show. But it was really like this. You have this anger and you're angry at people and the business but the reality was is like i had painted myself in such a corner here i am celebrity bashing all the time here i am uh you know i'm calling everybody else in the business whores and sellouts and i'm in police academy four right so so my frustration came from i would go on a a talk show and i would do really well and people seemed to like this persona but i uh, didn't think i was getting my share like I, i but in the meantime, I wasn't doing any of the steps to get those things I thought right. I deserved. I feel like that's a, a an epidemic in Hollywood. You know, like you see X, Y, and Z happening for so-and-so. Yeah. And you're like, why not me? And meanwhile, you were getting more than most oh people my were goodness. getting. Oh, my goodness. Not, and not enjoying it and, and, and being grateful for it. So, 
you know, everything changed. It was a slow process, but in a real big way on all these levels where I I ended up, um, you know, kind of with my back against the wall, but but also deciding a lot of big things, you know, that I was going to jettison this persona, even if people it did go over in clubs. Mm -hmm. It was very hard to. I remember the night I did. Like, I thought I hated comedy, but I just didn't like this persona. Right. And here's this club in Zanies in Nashville. I remember the Great night, club. and they're all there to see this character, and I just came out as me and told stories. And uh, people were yelling, you know, do the voice. And I always felt like a, a working class thing that I had to deliver that for people. But um, I had to do that or I wouldn't enjoy going on stage anymore. And then I would always write things for the wrong reasons. I would write a script thinking it would get made or it would be for someone else. or, But I didn't write it because to see if I could tell a story. Right. So when I started doing that, everything changed. Such and when I stopped setting things on fire. <laughs> and that, have you apologized to Arsenio since? Uh, Arsenio, when I smashed up his set, he had got fired from Paramount, but he still had to do like two more weeks. Mm. And so I spray painted Paramount sucks on the backdrop. And then yeah, but that's you being a good friend. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and then I smashed this monitor and I, I smashed up a lot of stuff. And uh, the, the, they're saying, get him. And he tackles me on the air. And then he whispers in my ear, thanks, man. Oh, man. And that's awesome. A commercial. And then I was, it was, my daughter was young enough that we were coloring. And the TV on the news is like, comedian goes berserk on the Arsenio oh Hall show. And she goes, sometimes you act like you don't have a brain in your head. And her best friend is, uh, uh, one of her best friends is Lily Idol, Eric Idol's daughter. And they wow. grew up together. And she's like, I go, it's just comedy. She goes, Lily's dad's not on the news. Yeah, smashing up sets, <laughs> getting pseudo-fake tackled. Uh, you mentioned Police Academy. Sarah Thome says, do you ever just randomly break into the Police Academy character? No. No, why? That's, I shouldn't have asked that. No, that's fine, though. No, I mean, Sarah, I'm, go home. No, I no, understand. Okay. I mean, it's like this is how people know me. And for some people, they have a real fondness for it. So I can't be bitter about it. Um, but I also, uh, you know, I still, you know, I did a commercial and, and I forgot about that where, where, uh, it was, you know, Robin Williams was my friend and, and he did a, a commercial that was going to be for the Super Bowl, And he, uh, he calls me up. He's like, well, they're going to ask you to do this commercial. And, uh, cause he said that I had impression. to be in it and he's like going, he hated people doing impressions of him, oh but God. I don't do the, he, he'd be like, I don't go, I go, no, you don't. That's something. You know, so, so he says, when they call you, tell them no. And I go, okay. And so they call up and I go, no, I won't do a commercial. It was for Snickers. By the way, it's a quality product. And, um, so, so, um, so they offer me like three times the money, and then I go, well, "What do I do now?" He's like, "Well, say yes." So yeah. I go and do the commercial, and uh, and then he says, "You know, they want you to do the voice." And I go, "For the amount of money Snickers is paying me, they can, yeah, they can fuck me with a Snickers bar. <laughs> I don't give a shit." The voice will come out. Yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, Micah underscore Montez. Speaking of this, this is a very well flowed interview. How is it working slash knowing Robin Williams? Huge fan of you both. Yeah. Uh, well, we were friends for a long time before we worked together i mean he was in shakes the clown but then we did uh world's greatest dad together you know it's it's uh you know he was my best friend and and um you know i didn't have anyone that i talked to more and stuff so uh i miss him and i've stayed away when he passed away i 
stayed away from everything like interviews and 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 I don't begrudge people that do documentaries and films and all that. No, kind but of I stuff, think but. when someone like that passes away, it's so hard because everybody wants to be like, here's how I knew them, here's a picture, yeah. and you don't want to look like you're doing it for any sort of right. self promotion. And also, there are people that pass away and I post a picture of me and them. But you know, Robin's son Zach came up with a funny term, uh, competitive grieving. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> but um, you know, I I. I, I say some things about him. Uh, the, the fact that he had Lewy body dementia, which is a, 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 the disease he died from, it obviously he took his own life, but he, he was not processing reality. So uh, what is that exactly? It's, it's, it's like a, a like, uh, it, it's, it's, I was speaking with a guy recently. He said, well, it's like a, uh, Alzheimer's or uh, Parkinson's, <laughs> but the guy said on crack, and I was like, "Well, he doesn't know it's a hack term. He's a doctor, right? On <laughs> crack is the worst. I hate when people say <laughs> but it that." It made me laugh. I was yeah, like, but it's it's this doctor so- doesn't know he's an original. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Well, yeah. I can't do brain surgery, so I'll cut this guy's back." So, um, uh, it was misdiagnosed as Parkinson's. So it does bother me, or it doesn't bother me. I I, I have no control over how people uh, remember him, but he he had this disease. He had therapists. He was going to doctors. He had uh, friends, a wife, people who loved him. He was sober, you know, and so they want to write a narrative where he was, like, alone or he was right. uh, depressed about work or he was on drugs and stuff. And and that is the thing that – because he fought depression for the 33 years we were friends and he won, you know, and he was sober most of that adult period of his life too – Something that he kind of perpetuated, that he was this wild, druggy mm-hmm. kind of guy. But the reality was is, is that wasn't. Yeah, but I think a lot of people thought he was on cocaine because all the his time. stand-up was yeah. so. And people would think I was on drugs and stuff because of my persona and stuff. Right. But, um, he, uh, but you know, the <laughs> what I've said is, people, did, you know, did he ever talk to you about suicide? It's like, yeah, we're comedians. We're comics. It's all yeah, we yeah, talk about. We talk about it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we talk about other things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh. Hey, congratulations on the Oscar. Oh, thanks. How would you do it? I don't know. I think a car. I think a car. So uh, that's what uh, he, you know, like I said, was misdiagnosed as Parkinson's. And, uh, and, and, and if, his, his, if people learn more about Louis body dementia, it usually goes undiagnosed. And, um, yeah, but I, I spent many hours with him. Uh, I, I know that we were really close friends because I spent – so many hours with that guy, days bored out of my mind. And I don't think people can imagine that. Right. Where we're just like, I'm just watching him play Call of Duty, I think, for hours on end. And he's call- he's playing like other people on a headset. And they don't know it's Robin Williams. Yeah, and I'm like going, how oh, that's awesome. I, I, and, and he's cursing. And I'm like, how old are these people you're playing? He's like, I don't know, 10, 12. And I, I'm like, so I love. I don't know, 10, 12. And I go, I love the idea that some kids like going, uh, the genie from Aladdin called me a cocksucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already 
stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. (laughs) Brandy F., Not really a question, more of a statement for Bobcat. Whenever I have internal conflict, your voice is the one arguing on the side of chaos. Your voice is pain in Hercules. When I was a kid, stuck with me. Now when I argue with myself, it's your voice I hear in my head. Basically, my party goblin sounds like you. Like me. (laughs) I guess is what I'm trying to say. Thanks for being hilarious. Also, Eliza, I love you. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, a lot of people have questions about Hercules, the best Disney film, some say. Well, um... Yeah, I really liked Hercules. I, I, it, it's funny doing a, a anime movie like that. It's different than an animated TV series. You would go in and record scenes, and then they would animate them, and then it was. Do you know what I mean? It was more like shot like a feature film. Mm-hmm. So it was probably over like three years. Like wow. I would get this weird call. Disney needs you. It's like the black ops and I'd end up in a. Like it's one in the morning. Like go be, now. Like, Unmarked plates. And so it was. Uh, but then when my friend James Gunn was all caught up in that uh, controversy yes. where he got fired from Guardians, I had asked Disney to remove my voice from this. I did a, uh, I did that character for them for a, a, an attraction in the park. I, I read about this. And I said, hey, you know, if you're going to take your lead from some – because the real reason that all happened with James was he was attacking Trump and some fringe right-wing groups went after him, found these old tweets that he had apologized for, and they weren't good. They were offensive. I right. stand with survivors. They are offensive. But he also – one of the things that people don't know is a lot of those tweets were actually tweets that he made it look like he was retweeting from a friend. So huh. he would write something horrible and then at, make it because you could make it look like it was a retweet. 
Oh, interesting. And then he'd go, hey, man, what is your problem? You know, so, I mean, it was even like a prank. It was so, so. Yeah. So I said, hey, you know, you guys want to take, because I've said a lot of things offensive uh, in the past that I regret and I apologize for. And if you're taking your lead off of these fringe groups, you might want to check out uh, James Wood's wacky <laughs> tweets while you're at it. Yeah. And then I said, uh P.S. Are you still making money off of of powder? Asking for a friend, um, <laughs> but they didn't take it off. But uh, you know, I, I it's I don't know. I just felt I had to stand up for my buddy, and uh, and he's fine, and he's got enough. Uh, he'll Work. be working forever, and yeah, and, and uh, it is that knee jerk reaction from society where we just we're all so outraged, and. You know, you look at someone like Al Franken, like as liberals, we get outraged and then like what he did wasn't so bad, but he had to go down with that ship. Yeah, but the difference is, 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 is uh, on the on the on the left or, you know, or, or uh, they take the hit. He took the hit. But but on the other side of things, you just deny, deny, deny. For sure. Well, but now we're having this this reckoning. But the whole Twitter thing, the whole idea and look, what he wrote, like, those were really shitty things, but this sort of, I call it gotcha-ism. Yeah. Where it's like, you said one thing once. And and uh, the, the history of people apologizing. And, and also, like, with the Kevin Hart thing, like, he yeah. had apologized. He had apologized. How, how many times to how many people? And it's like, it's kind of that thing where, because you didn't apologize to the right amount at the right time in that moment. The way they're asking you to. And right. he did apologize, and he kind of imploded the whole thing on that. And then we had no host. <laughs> also, if you want to do that, then you, no more Eddie Murphy movies because he said the F word yeah. a lot. Yeah, or... We've all said things where it's like, at the time, it wasn't as looked down upon and now we've evolved. Or you just... Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't do it again, but... So I'm a bad person forever? Or I, I do feel that if you're... Uh, if you're apologizing and you mean it, and why are we... It, it's insane. It's insane. It, it's uh, this... That uh, like the worm syndrome, where like if you got a bunch of worms in a can and one tries to get out, other worms will pull it back down. <laughs> it's this, and they're really trying to help it. I mean, so it's like a little bit different, but it is this thing where we, anybody that tries to do anything good, we're like, well, one time you jaywalked, so yeah. you can never. I understand that, and uh, I have been less forgiving sometimes when it helped my argument. Sure, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that of course, uh, but but um. I think uh, I think when you step away and you realize this is a this is a, a group intentionally doing this, asking for mm -hmm. a, a reaction. There, you know, I just wish the powers that be would step away, saying, "Am I going to take my lead from these from these people? Yeah, or am I going to make a decision? And what's to be the outcome? Like, what are we? It's not like you're saying for Kevin Hart, for example. Like, I need you to apologize so that everyone can heal. You're doing it hoping that it will create almost more negativity. Like, people that promote these things, uh, you know, you get an alt-right group being like, well, then they should apologize for this. I'm like, you don't actually want the apology. What you want is to take down someone on the other side yeah. of your argument. Yeah. Uh, we have a huge a huge issue with that uh, in, in our society. This Everyone's just trying to get back at everyone. Nobody actually wants to feel better. I don't know, man. I just think... Uh I, I I stay. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I I on Instagram, and sometimes I even take that off my phone. I I I'm with you. I took Instagram. I'm sorry, not Instagram. I, my experience with Instagram has been a wholly positive one for the most part. Uh, I took Twitter off my phone several months ago, and uh, <laughs> I, I felt really I mentally just healthier. I find what's really funny is 
people will explain to you, you don't want to say that because you should, you're alienating some of your audience and this and that. And it's like, I, I'm okay. I don't need show business advice. But, uh, <laughs> From you. Randy Oakley wear for life. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 Faceless but, Twitter. But, big avatar. But what makes me laugh is like uh, when I was at the Women's March, I had these guys going, <laughs> saying, Saying that they, you, uh, uh, you, uh, I'm gonna unfollow you. That was, it. and it was like, okay. it's like, dude, I used to play arenas. Yeah, millions cool. of people have unfollowed me. <laughs> <laughs> You're really late to this party. Yeah, where was your on RSVP? <laughs> I also, no matter what you do. People are going to unfollow you. So that threat, it's like, my whole thing, you're going to do it, fucking do it. If you're telling me you're going to unfollow me, I'm not going to respond to you. I make a couple jokes about Satan. I think 666 is very funny. I feel like you probably do too. (laughs) Yeah. And I made a joke about the depth, like, because it's so, this tool that we use to scare children. And I had some girl on Instagram, like, I didn't know you were down with the devil. Unfollow. I'm like, (laughs) also, I'm Jewish. Watch the fuck out. It was just so, like, you're a fucking moron. I don't want you in my audience. But, I mean, you know, it's... It's uh, it's really strange, it, and and most folks on social media are just screaming, you know, I exist. You know, yes. So it's uh, it's weird though in show business now. Uh, I'm glad I'm not on the road as much as I did for years because they ask, you know, uh, you know, can you plug this on Twitter and how many uh, followers do you have on Instagram yeah. and all that stuff means something now, which is uh, strange. Strange. It's a little scary. It's uh. It's, it kind of plugs plugs in. It plays into the next question. Thunder lips. Love it. <laughs> Big, juicy thunder lips. Any advice for young comics? Yeah, I think um, kind of what we were touching on. You know, don't, don't, don't um, save yourself a lot of time and don't, don't compare what you're doing to other folks because. Uh, but how long did it take you to realize that? I got to say, I, I had it go invertedly. I started off and I didn't watch what other folks were doing and I was doing this thing that was so weird there was other people that would go oh, all he's doing is acting like that and mm. you know um, later on in life I started looking at other people thinking oh I should have this and I should have that but the big thing is, is to uh, get on stage as often as you possibly can and then write now I don't write so much stand up as, as, as I do write screenplays and uh, and I do that constantly, actually. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I was talking to my buddy who's in the same age as I, and I go, I don't know why I have all this work right now. And and because he was struggling, and he's like, because you've been writing all the time, you've just constantly are doing that. I was like, oh, all right, yeah. So that's the thing. Keep making stuff, and 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 you know, it's like you work with you see sometimes there's people that have their own voice and they're just working and working and not looking over you know but here's the thing we do our, we don't do our, we don't paint <laughs> in order for you to go work on your your craft you got to go to a place where there's a whole bunch of other people working on their craft so it is yeah, a little, you can, it can't do it with blinders you can take a you can put your head down and work and you got to take a peek you can't be completely unaware of stuff. You you know, it's ma- you have to manage not letting that bother you. But, like, I go to the clubs. I go in. I'm nice. I do my set. I leave. Yeah. If you have a problem with me, it's because you're intimidated. And go in and out. I go in and out. Not because I dislike the people. No. I just, I have other things to do. Yeah. And and I think it's, uh, it's a, um, not, not being critical of that lifestyle, but 
if you're only living for that time in the club, uh, you eventually don't have anything to even draw from as a performer. Right. You need experiences and you need a way to get to convey those experiences. And if it's also it's in a, if it's in a vacuum, then even, like, really even like when you're struggling and starting and you have a day job, it, you know, you, you may hate that day job, but it also supplies you with a life versus mm-hmm. going on stage and all you can think about and talk about is comedians. It supplies you with fodder. It it supplies you with motivation perhaps to get out of that yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these kinds of things. I, the other day, I was, I also think, you know, as an artist, like artists create art. That's what we do. And... You know, if if you're not writing stand-up, then you're working on a script. And if you're not doing that, like, you, we have this deep-down desire. Even as kids, you make movies. Yeah. You draw things. Yeah. This urge to create something, even if no one's seeing it. The amount of dialogue yeah. I have written that's yeah. just in the trash on my computer. Yeah. Or, like, I, I really wish I could find these notebooks from third grade oh, where yeah. I was writing stand-up. <laughs> just, Me too. I just put it up. Thoughts my, about the teacher, <laughs> homework, drawings. Yeah. What, I tried poems. That was really weird. But just <laughs> things like that. You should have that. This you have this. You got to get it out. It's more for you than anything. And then right. you find it with the best way to do that, whether it's writing or the stand up. But I agree with you. The uh, the advice for comics. You got to go write. And if you're not doing stand up, I spent the other day. I wrote for several hours at my desk, which I'm not. I'm not like a focused person when it comes to study skills. And somebody on Instagram was like, you haven't posted a story all day. Are you okay? <laughs> I was like, oh, I was just doing something else. Just enjoying, I was living. In my mind, the screenplay won an Oscar, but I need a second act. <laughs> uh, let's, ask a, let's ask a life question. Here's a random one. Anonymous. I don't know why they wanted this to be anonymous because <laughs> it's not personal. Would you rather plan your dream vacation but have to bring along someone you hate? They have to be with you the whole time. Or go on a nightmare. Oh, this is I know the answer. Go on a nightmare vacation, but be with any three people of your choice that yeah. are alive. Yeah, that one. Of course, it's yeah. funnier that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Going on a vacation with people you hate. I'll be honest. I didn't read the question all the way through when I picked I think, it. I thought um, it was a different question. I I realized sadly that I had a history of going on vacations and then breaking up. With with the girl, a lot of yeah, and it and and I realized there's a pattern, and and uh, I was so happy that uh, Nora and I went on a couple trips and we're still together. I was like, yeah. oh okay, good, because uh, I don't know why it's not the trip, it's 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 I think like the subcon- environment. No, I think subconsciously I'm like going, we just need to get away, mm. you know, or something like that. And then you do get away, and you're like, oh, that didn't help. And then. <laughs> It is a yeah. great litmus test. Yeah. Of course, you don't want to go away too soon, but it's like when you pluck your love out of the environment in which it was initially potted and right. you transfer it, like, does it, can it survive outside right. of your L.A. And that's house. when, like, if you meet someone on a set and and that, mm. that doesn't last or if you meet someone on the road and you guys yeah. are meeting up while you're doing stand-up. Can it survive in a different environment? Mm-hmm. Little Vacation is a great way to test that. Here's a good question. Um... This is a weird one, but it involves... to make it clear that you made that noise with your mouth. Nope. (laughs) That wasn't even me. Okay, we'll do this one. We can do both. My cubicle is right next to a 30... This is anonymous. My cubicle is right next to a 30-year-old co-worker 
who constantly clears her throat and sprays perfumes to mask her farts, speaking of. <laughs> my speculation. There's an awesome other co-worker who openly mocks her about her throat clearing, which prompted Throat Clear to seek medical help. Okay. Clearly it didn't work. She still clears her throat pretty much every hour on the hour. Are you saying clear like, <clears throat> or like, <clears throat> once an hour, get over it. I still hear her gross throat clearing through my earplugs, and I hate <laughs> smelling her god-awful pungent perfumes. What would you do in my situation? I don't want to be perceived as a complainer by HR or my direct supervisor, but her perfume spraying is giving me migraines. For context, she and I have worked together for more than a year. She's been here a year longer than me, and she's never taken to me. In response to her nasty perfume spraying, I've been spraying a neutralizing scent and even have a bowl of coffee beans to absorb the smell. None of it's working because she wears extremely strong, cheap perfume. P.S. She just nuked fish in the microwave. <laughs> wow, what a world of pain you're in. Well, I mean, obviously this person's, I'm sure, thought about moving and stuff. But I think you should go to HR with that. Why not? You know, you're, you're afraid of how the HR is going to perceive you? Yeah, it's not like she raped you and you don't want to seem like a bother. Yeah. Something's off here. If it's just, <clears throat> or is it like expelling... Is it, is it, like... Well, she's covering up her flatulence, so I'm sure it's got to be... Well, that's a medical... Oh. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> that's got to be a medical thing. I think... Uh... She sounds like she needs help. <laughs> I think it's... You're at work, and this is what's going on. That's why... That's... By the way, that is work. This person's at work. At, you are and, in it. And, and, and understand that this is coming from... A place of, uh, I, I'm a, it was just a little bit, it's frosting my cake. Not saying I'm not a fan of Lady Gaga's. Not that she would be upset that I wasn't. Go on. But she, her Oscar speech, and then I heard her say it again. I, I worked hard. Yeah. I worked. And it's like, you, you probably did spend a lot of time, and you probably were driven, and you probably did work, but it's not hard work. You know, showing up, my, you know, pouring hot tar on a roof when you don't want to be there, that's hard. I writing guess. songs that you were writing even before you were successful, it's not, I mean, it's, it's what you do, you know. It I is. would be grateful and I'd be out of my mind, but I would never, I could never say. And, and I've made movies and things that were painful and hard to do, but they still weren't. And I've done movies that, you know, like, that we go places, you know, my documentary that I did with my friend Barry Crimmins, and I'm having him disclose his rape when he was four on camera. Wow. That's, that's, that's not... That's hard to go through. The rape. Yeah, but then not he the would same. say to me, yeah, he'd go, oh, I'm sorry, it was really hard. Was it hard for you? <laughs> yeah, he would always say, like, we'd do Q&As, and, yeah. and, and they'd say, the choice that you film the... Uh, the basement and the there's no and I was like Jesus. well and I'm well I didn't want to do reenactments and Barry's like you didn't want to do reenactments <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, today is the anniversary of my friend Barry passing away mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you know what's interesting I've had a lot of folks leave uh, uh, and his anniversary hasn't hit me as hard as other anniversaries. Because he is so with me all the time. He really is. I mean, not just 
it, he's just there. I, I, I'm making a narrative film of his life now with Judd Apatow. That's what I've been working on. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm listening to Barry. I'm, I'm reading, watching. I'm talking to all these people that love him. And I'm remembering everything it instilled in me. So whereas other deaths have been kind of painful when the anniversary shows up, this has been just a, a bit of, I don't know. I just feel like he's, I know he's gone, but I also feel... That he is this force that 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 you can't stop. You know the good he put out there and, and stuff. So go to HR. So go to <laughs> HR. Sorry, I don't know why. Uh, Everything I do goes back to death. But no, I, I think that that's a normal thing. I also, you know, the law of conservation of energy states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It just takes different forms. So I think when someone passes away and they're like they're still with you, as cheesy as that is, like that message and that feeling. But but for still him, it actually. I mean, it, to me, it's, I I was there the last three days he was on Earth, and 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 it is a gift because it changed my perception of that. It's just so crazy. Hmm. It's so it was. Uh, he he had been in a coma for the last day, and his wife and I hadn't left his side, and she hasn't eaten. And I said, "Okay, you gotta eat." So I stepped out, and I got sandwiches, and then. He woke up and he looked at her and, he, and and Helen said, I love you. Everyone loves you. You can go. And then he passed away. Do you think he woke up just to do that? I it, That's what I mean. It, it changed yeah. my life. It was like I went, I'm, I've been an agnostic and atheist and all this. And that thing, whatever you want to say, changed my life. Because I go, I can't believe, because he's been out of it for a long time. It just made me believe that there mm. might be something out there. So he, so I come back. She sends me a text, get back here ASAP. And uh, I come walking in with the sandwiches, and uh, there he is. He's gone, and she's in tears. And I'm like, what I miss? <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at me like a, like a triple tick, like I would have cut that out of a movie because yeah. it was so big. And she's like going, is this fucking idiot? Like, And then she started laughing. And, right. and as I was saying it, I was even going, wow, you're really saying this. And I was also thinking, oh, Barry would laugh really hard at this. And uh, the two of us just crying and yeah. holding each other and laughing. And, um, I, and then the doctors came in to pronounce him. <laughs> Deceased, and I'm sure they just thought we were ghouls. Like, like you're <laughs> laughing. Yeah, I'm sure. But that's go, how we process. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, and I, that's what he would have wanted. Oh God, he would have. Yeah. Right. Should we go out on a on a high note with? Yeah, more death. Top of the cob. <laughs> it's the top of the cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. <laughs> Never gets old. The first thing that popped in my mind is uh, cat yawns. Uh, that's your top or your bottom? <laughs> top. That could be your top. It is. It's uh, but uh. There's so many things that make me happy. Uh, You only get one. Oh, I would say, uh, uh, you know, during the uh, HUAC testimonies, the go on. It's very sexy. Un American Activities Committee. Go on. But when uh, Senator uh, Welch, when he says, "Have you no decency?" That always gives me chills because that's like that. That makes me well up. That makes me chills. I I, I love that moment. Wow. Um, what is that? <laughs> uh, you went from one. cat yawns cat to yawns. a whoo act. But moment. come on, man. When Anderson Cooper yawns, there's nothing cuter. That's my no. cat. I should say. I forget. I talk about Anderson Cooper a lot, and I forget to tell people that's my cat. He's a he's your cat. He's a handsome man. And, Anderson Cooper and Alice Cooper. But now, <laughs> now no relation. Now we now we have. Uh, uh, Robert Smith, because he's got big hair and looks yeah. like he has eyeliner on and he's pouty. But you prefer the cat yawn? 
Cat yawn is a pretty good thing. So uh, the thing that really frosts my cake, and pardon my language, I'm not usually that salty. (laughs) Your bottom of the cob. Yeah, bottom of the cob is uh, uh, when someone says, can I ask you a question? Oh, good one. Because when they say that, it's... It's never, they don't, you know, can I ask you a question? It's never like, is, is this your money? You know, it's never something positive. Can it's I ask you a question? Pointed. They're going to say, is that how you talk? Is that how you dress? Is that where you park your car? You know, it's oh, never good. So just say it. Don't don't get permission for you to attack me. I like that because my reciprocating bottom of the cob would be being like, you just did. Because <laughs> people say, it, like, oh, can I ask you a question? Do you know, whatever. <laughs> Because it's not always an attack, but you just did. I'm like, oh, so clever. All right. My, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to save that bottom of the cob. No, I'll just say it. My bottom of the cob is uh, meat dreams. Last night I ate a plate of pastrami <laughs> and a plate of corned beef in my effort to not eat the bread. And I, when I tell you the dreams rattled me to, I had to meditate today and tell myself that I was still safe. It stuck with me all day. <laughs> Did you I, have meat terror? I, meat terrors. <laughs> and I think, you know, I've never been a vegetarian or anything, and I try to eat less meat. It's good for the planet. But I think eating meat, and my friends who's a doctor agreed with me, eating meat and going to bed does that. And I have to, in a holistic way, think that meat was scared when it died, and that energy flowed through me. And that, I don't think I'm going to eat a lot eat of meat, meat anymore. Before you go to bed? It was a lot of meat. Like, nobody told me to eat two deli platters, <laughs> but I was so well, hungry. People are often surprised to uh, know that I'm a vegan, but, because, uh, uh, I mean, you don't get this body just putting shit in it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's been like that for years, I, I have. I mean, I've learned how to eat poorly by and still be a Yeah, vegan. you don't have to be healthy to be, you can no. eat sugar and wheat, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, Exactly. Well, that was it, and it really scared me. And like to the meat point, dreams, meat. It, it's a thing. It's a fact. And I just think about that animal being scared, and then I think about my dog being scared. So I'm gonna just take a knee on the meat. <laughs> and my top of the cob <laughs> is when I go to look for my dog who has retired into my bedroom, and the lights are off, and I turn on the lights, and she looks up as if it's like a soap opera. She's like, "Eduardo, is that you?" <laughs> and I'm like, "It's not me." And she's like, "Then I don't care to live." And she flops her head back down. So it's See? like a cat yawn. It's the same thing. Yeah. Is your emotion out of an animal? Uh, yeah, I uh, uh, Alice Cooper always uh, is always trying to go to bed. She's always like, "Hey, yeah, uh, it's." Uh, <laughs> she's always in the bed. Like, she's like, "Come on, yeah, let's." Uh, this is a lot of a lot of yakety yak. Let's go. Yeah. My dog removes herself from a situation, and anyone's bed will just go into your room. And she's <laughs> and like, "You this can't is find mine her. Now. She's in a bed." I'm like, "She's luxuriating." Bobcat Goldthwaite, thank you for directing Confirmed Kills. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you for being on Ask Eliza Anything. I shall promote you. Twitter at BC Goldthwaite. But I'm not on it anymore. Right, so fuck it. Instagram but, sometimes at Bobcat Goldthwaite. Bobcat Goldthwaite. It's, yeah. and, Bo- and I will say this. Uh, a lot of the movies and things I've made are available on iTunes. I was going to say it because okay. it's better if I do it for All you. All right, you do it. Uh, if you enjoyed the true TV show Misfits and Monsters, that lives on iTunes. All of his movies live on iTunes, and you've got a project coming up with Judd Apatow. Yeah. And and they can stay tuned. Yeah. And that's it, right? Yeah, I'm always working. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. 
So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.